Brenda felt all alone. Sure, she was surrounded by other women to her left, to her right, in front of her. They lined the four walls of the waiting room of the abortion clinic. But they all stared off into space or looked at the floor. They were all there for the same reason, but they were all there as isolated individuals. Yes, Brenda felt all alone. She had told no one she was pregnant, neither parents nor friends, not even the father of her child. All she knew was that she needed to have the abortion before she started to show. She was just about to go to college and had plans for her life, and those plans did not include a child, at least not now, not under these circumstances. After the abortion, there was an initial feeling of relief. She had gotten her life back. But then only after a few weeks, she began to feel not that she had gotten something back, but that she had lost something. She would have this reoccurring dream in which a little child, all alone in the darkness, was violently sucked into a black hole and lost forever. The dark feelings associated with this dream started to haunt her in her waking hours. She fell into a deep depression. Her boyfriend, the father of her child, didn't understand what was happening to her and eventually left her out of frustration. Yes, Brenda felt all alone. She found herself grieving the loss of her child, but there was no grave over which she could weep, and there were no mourners to weep with her. And she was Catholic. She knew better. When she was a child, her grandmother had always taken her to church and taught her right from wrong. Brenda respected her grandmother immensely. She would be so disappointed if she knew what she had done. Brenda began to hate herself. She was a terrible person. How could God forgive her? How could her child forgive her? She didn't deserve forgiveness. Many years went by. She did go on to college and had a career and even entered into marriage. But the darkness surrounding her abortion never seemed to pass. The turning point came for Brenda when she became pregnant for the second time and carried her child to full term. With the birth of her child, Brenda's grief and guilt over her previous abortion actually only intensified. And yet the birth of this child was a grace from God because it would initiate a journey towards forgiveness and healing. She returned to Mass. She eventually found the courage to go to confession. She didn't have a very good understanding of the sacrament, though. Because she didn't feel forgiven, she would confess the same sin over and over again to different confessors. And yet the grace of the sacrament was working in her in an imperceptible but powerful way. Eventually, a confessor directed her to something called Project Rachel. She gave them a call. Eventually, Brenda attended a one-day retreat and found herself with other women who were in as much pain as she was. She heard their stories. She told her own. For the first time outside the confessional, she could speak of her grief, and her words would be met with love and understanding. 
She was surrounded by experienced counselors, along with peers who had gone through what she had gone through. This was the community God was using to bring her to a place where she could more fully accept his mercy. She recalled the day 15 years ago when she sat in that waiting room of the abortion clinic, surrounded by so many others and yet still all alone. Today, she was surrounded by others, but this time she was not alone. My brothers and sisters, this second Sunday of Easter, we celebrate the power of Christ's resurrection in a special way by celebrating Divine Mercy Sunday. In our Gospel reading, we hear about the institution of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Just as the Father sent the resurrected Christ to forgive sins, so Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, sends his ministers to forgive sins. There is no sin that cannot be forgiven in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, not even a sin as serious as the sin of abortion. And yet, when we sin seriously, sometimes there can be consequences that the sacrament doesn't automatically take away. Some of these consequences can be emotional or psychological in nature. Many who have been involved in an abortion testify that this is so. Their confessor can provide some counsel, but help from experts who specialize in this area often proves to be the only thing sufficient to bring them to a place of deep healing. And this is where Project Rachel comes in, offered in almost all dioceses throughout the United States, including our own diocese. Project Rachel is a network of caregivers who provide confidential care to those struggling after having been involved in an abortion. Project Rachel includes retreats, support groups, one-on-one counseling, and more. It's a network of healing that ministers God's mercy to those in need. Now, some women do not struggle with any emotional or psychological issues after having an abortion. But for those who do, a common thread runs through their experience. Like Brenda in our story, they often feel that they are not worthy or deserving of God's forgiveness. The truth of the matter is that forgiveness is not given to us on the basis of our worth or on the basis of what we deserve. We don't merit or earn God's forgiveness. Jesus did that. He earned it for us. He merited it for us through his death. Forgiveness is given to us not on the basis of God's justice, but on the basis of his mercy, a mercy shown to us most preeminently in the cross. When it comes to God's mercy, the worst sinner in the world and the greatest saint stand on the exact same footing and are both equal in God's eyes. And all the sinner needs to do to find forgiveness is cast himself into the abyss of God's mercy through sincere repentance. The person who has been involved in abortion can need time and help from others to really appreciate this truth of God's mercy, though. 
Sometimes there are emotional and spiritual issues that are inhibiting the person's full acceptance of the truth of God's mercy. And this is where Project Rachel helps. Project Rachel is basically an apprenticeship in healing and personal growth in the understanding of God's mercy. In closing, my brothers and sisters, if you know anyone, a relative or a friend who you think would benefit from information about Project Rachel, please see the bulletin boards or help yourself to the brochures provided for you on the two tables immediately behind the back pews. Also on these tables, you can find a handout that uh, goes over some details about the sin of abortion and the sacrament of reconciliation. You might have heard a few months ago that for the year of mercy, Pope Francis has decreed something special in regards to the sin of abortion and the penalty of excommunication that is associated with it. For details about that, again, please see the handout in the back. And finally, we invite everyone here to celebrate this special day with us this afternoon at St. Hyacinth's. Eucharistic adoration and benediction will be from noon to three. Father Conboy and I will be here in confessions from 1 to 2.30. And also our seminarian, Jeff Chichester, will give a reflection on divine mercy. So if you haven't heard him talk yet, come out and see him.